We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll, who looks like appears to be sporting a new shirt. I'm not sure, but I don't no. remember seeing that one. No, this is an good. old one. It's just okay. I've just never worn it on the show before. <laughs> okay, well, it looks good, so kudos, my friend. Uh, but he is the publisher here at irishbreakdown.com. And we are going to continue our uh, spring preview by position. And we're going to jump from the defensive side of the ball back to the offensive side of the ball. And we are going to talk about wide receivers. And this one is near and dear to both of our hearts. Brian, you and I are both former wide receiver coaches. Um, we, we have an affinity for the receivers. Let's just, let's just be honest about it. Um, and there's a ton of talent on this roster at the wide receiver position. So I'm really excited to talk about these guys. Uh, this could be a big year for the wide receiver position if things go the way we hope that they go. Yeah, it, it just depends on what changes are they going to make on offense. Right. I mean, that's a big part of it is are you going to continue to do what you've been doing, which has been good enough for 10-2 and and a 12-0 and season against a, a soft schedule, but not good enough to beat the big boys with any sort of consistency and – that's just a fact. I mean, there's no debating that. You can point to the one Clemson game, but even if you give Notre Dame full credit for that game, which, which I, I do, I, I tend sure. to do, you're still like what one in six against you know Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama. You know, so uh, one in six, one in seven, something like that, and that's just not good enough at Notre Dame. And, and this is a, a change changes that need to happen to get Notre Dame that next step. The good news is, I believe they do have the talent to to get there. 
the question is, is will they do the things that are needed to be done to get to that point? And it's about saying, instead of doing what they've been doing, which is this is our offense and we're going to find guys that fit our offense, which is what Notre Dame has been doing. Sure. And it's worked when they've had guys chase Claypool, Miles Boykin. But what they need to do now is, okay, what do we have on the roster? Who are our best talents and how can we fit the offense around them? Mm -hmm. So, how can we best utilize Kevin Austin and Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts and Braden Lindsay and Lawrence Keys and Joe Wilkins and Lorenzo Styles and Avery Davis and all these players and say, let's fit the offense around them. If Jordan Johnson can't run 47 different pass combinations and doesn't know all the different things, that's fine. Yeah. We're going to find a role for him. So maybe he's not a 70 snap guy because he doesn't do know everything, but we're going to make sure he's in there for 30 and we're going to get him the ball. Braden Lindsay physically can't hold up for. 70 snaps a game, right? So com two completely different things. Right, right. So we're going to find a way to get him into the offense and get him the ball, get him touches, and utilize the things he can do. And then that's how you build a, a great offense. It's what can our guys do, and let's make sure that the offense is running away, that we we accent their skill sets. And that's what winning teams do. That's what Notre Dame needs to do because the talent is there. I'm optimistic that it's going to happen. Tommy Reese is saying all the right things to recruits about throwing the ball all over the field and stuff like that. But that's fine as long as you're still not running an, an offense that's so complex and it's teaching and it's core that that you can't get all your best players in the field because it's limiting in its scope and, and not not a scope, but it's it's not limiting in its scope and it's requiring players right. to have to know all these things to play them. And and that's that's the change for me that has to happen. So if they do that, there's enough talent in this group for Notre Dame to go out and 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 really go from a just sort of a mediocre offense that's good enough and talented enough to to beat the teams you're supposed to beat to an offense that you say, boy, with the defense they have and the way that they're scoring on offense, boy, I think Notre Dame can go up and match up against anybody. Brian, can we just put to bed right now that there's not enough talent on the roster? Because I know we I've seen that a million times. I know you have too, that they need they need to recruit, you know, this, that, and the other, that there's not the talent already on the roster. To do what needs to be done in the in the game of college football, do they have enough on the roster right now as as we move into the spring and as we move into the fall? Well, we can't really put it to bed because no matter what we say, there's going to be people that buy it. That 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 I mean, I just had somebody discussing yesterday that you know it, it, Ian Book's good enough to lead Notre Dame to a championship, except he just didn't have enough players around him. I'm just like, oh, okay, I mean. There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to change right. anyone's mind, and that's fine. I mean, that's right. part of the fun of doing this is that there is – if everybody agreed with us, then they'd be like, okay, well, we talked for five minutes, and now there's nothing else to talk about till next season starts. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't mind the debate, but the reality is, is some people are just not going to change their minds. They're just yeah. not going to change their opinions It's it's a, because, they're, because Brian Kelly said it, and he knows, and what do we know? Right. We're not at practice every day, so clearly whatever excuse you want to give. The fact yeah, is yeah, is yeah. that – Notre Dame has a lot of athleticism and a lot of talent and a diverse set of skill sets Correct. At, at receiver. And, and in my opinion, it is good enough to have a dynamic offense. Is there a Devontae Smith on this depth chart? No, but I don't think you necessarily need a Devontae Smith on your depth chart. And we'll get into that here in a second. But I, I think there's enough talent, I, I think. But it's also not just coaches that have to step up. I mean, yeah. there are guys, Kevin Austin not playing during his career has never been a coaching decision, really. I mean, his freshman year, I would have liked to see them play him more, but he still got chances. He still got he did. He played a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and Braden Lindsay obviously 
has got to stay healthy. Kevin Austin right. has got to stay healthy and stay focused and, and all these type of things. I mean, there is there is something on the players that they've got to do things, but at the same time, it's up to the coaches to make sure that they're creating a culture and environment that makes it more conducive to younger players to be able to thrive, which is what you're saying all around the country. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of talent to have a great a great offense. Now, would I still like to see Notre Dame recruit more speed players? Of course. I will all if Notre Dame goes out and signs <laughs> the three best speed receivers on the roster on, on, on their board, three top 100 wide receivers and another Chris Tyree, the next year I'm going to go say, "Yeah, get more speed." I mean, that's just how I always want to recruit, but it's not speed is not one of those things where if you don't have it at receiver, you can't be good. I guarantee you that Devontae Smith ends up running the slowest 40 time of all the stud receivers that Alabama had the last couple of years. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. You know he's going to be slower than Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddell. I would be willing to bet he's not as fast as Jerry Judy or maybe right there. I mean, so again, he's fast, but is he Will Fuller fast? Not, not even close. Right. Uh, but he's just a great player. He's dynamic. And, and, yeah, and sure. we've seen that all over the place. I mean, right. there's there's great players that aren't burners. You just You just know how to play the game. <laughs> And and that's the thing is I would like to have more speed. Everybody would like to have more speed. Alabama tries to get more speed every every single year. It's just about understanding that it, if you don't have it, there's still ways to have great receiver play and building your offense around that great receiver play. And, and so, yeah, I think there's enough talent there on the current roster to have a really, really good offense. Couldn't you be as good as LSU was in 2019? No, I don't think so because they don't have the quarterback or the elite receivers as that unit. But I'm not asking them to score 49 points right. a game like LSU did. I'm just saying score 40, right. because with the defense you have, that's going to be good enough to, to win you a title, or at least be competitive in a title situation. And then maybe that's where you can then go get that that sure. Jamar Chase type of player. So it's it's uh, it, there's enough talent here at, at receiver combined with what's at tight end and running back for Notre Dame to have a top five to eight offense next season, in my opinion. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Brian, you brought up Devontae Smith. So that that kind of segues us nicely into this next topic that we want to talk about. Does Notre Dame need an alpha dog at wide receiver? Do they need that go to this is the guy? everybody's game planning for etc does Notre Dame need that alpha player and if they do is that does that player exist on the roster as we see it right now yes and no <laughs> and and what I mean by that is I don't think in today's game you need an alpha receiver from a volume standpoint I don't think you need a guy that catches 95 passes for 1400 yards if you have one that's great I would always like to have an alpha uh, but it, it's not it's not needed because again, what an alpha does is big picture wise, it, it presents someone on on the, your roster that other teams have to build their game plans around. Sure, and then you know that they're doing that, and then that allows you to kind of impact and how you put your game plan together. So if I have a great, you know, if I have Chase Claypool in the boundary, and I know teams are going to play him a certain way, then I know how to utilize him to to get mismatch for him, but also. I know they're going to play him a certain way, so that means I'm going to. It's going to open up opportunities for me to use my tight ends and my backs and my other sure. receivers in certain ways. So that's always a plus. I don't think you need that volume. You don't need that volume alpha though. Where what you need, however, from that alpha standpoint, is you have to have a guy that when it's a clutch situation, a money situation, your quarterback knows I got to go to him or I can go to him because I know he'll make a play. Sure. It's it's good to have that volume of talent, and you've got this guy can make plays, that guy can make plays, and you can scheme your way into those things, and that's what Notre Dame needs to do. That's what we were talking about earlier. However, 
when you're getting down to that two-minute drill of the college football playoff and you're playing Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State or Georgia in the college football playoff and you're down by four and you need a touchdown, yeah, you want to have that alpha that your, 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 your quarterback believes in. Sure. And ideally, it's nice to have two because the other team's going to know, okay, that guy's their dude. We're going to take him out. So who's going to step up then? And, and we've seen that in past years where you know, look at that Clemson team in 2018. Did they have an alpha receiver? I don't think so. They had very good players, but they didn't have a Devontae Smith. T. Higgins, I don't think, had 1,000 yards in the regular season. Justin Ross didn't have 1,000 yards in the regular season. Now, they were dynamic talents. Sure. But nobody that was that volume pass catcher. What they had, however, was three guys in, in T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and Hunter Renfro that when the game was on the line, you could depend on each of them. Right. They were established. So were they alphas from the volume standpoint? No. Were they alphas from a – I'm better than you and quarterback, get me the ball when it matters. Yes, they were. And so the more of those you have, the better. So if Notre Dame doesn't have a thousand yard receiver this year, can they have a great receiving core? Absolutely. Uh, But somebody has to emerge from the standpoint of this guy is our, this guy is our dude. When, when it's, when it's money time, when we need a third down, when we need this, when we need that, he's our guy. I mean, look at Ohio state in 2019, who was their alpha receiver? They didn't really have one from a say. they had one guy, nobody had over a thousand yards. This is in 2019, right? Right. Thir- not, four, not 14 year. game season. Chris Olave had 849 yards. That's it. Nobody only KJ Hill had over 600. That's it. They only had three receivers over 500. Nobody even got the 900. So you look at it and say, boy, from a production standpoint, that really wasn't, that really wasn't a, you look at it and say, well, boy, that was not a, a a great situation. Javon McKinley would have been their number two leading receiver by a chunk. And that was in 12 games. And if you look at Javon McKinley, he was at 59.8 yards per game this year. Chris Olave is the leading receiver for Ohio state. 2019 was at 60.6. That's less than a yard per game. Uh, And Chris Olave averaged 17.3 yards per catch. Javon McKinley averaged 17.1. So you don't have to have that dude to be a great offense. And that Ohio State offense was was phenomenal in 2019. They averaged 46.9 yards per game, or points per game. Yeah, 46.9 yards per game would not be good. No, that would not uh, be good. 46.9 points per game. But here's the thing that I, that I think hurt that team in 2019 when they played Clemson. I don't know if they had that guy that when the game was on the line, so like they were up, I think it was like 16 nothing at one point in time, and then Clemson came back. They didn't have that guy that you could say, hey, we need somebody to go make a play because this team's charging back on us. And, and I think that's what hurt them as far as winning that championship uh, in, in 2019 when they had a lot of pieces in place, great running back, really good old line, really talented quarterback, deep receivers, really good defense in 2019. They gave up 13.7 points per game in 2019. But when you got into that game against Clemson, Clemson had that quarterback that could elevate everyone sure. around him Justin Fields didn't really do that, but also you had a quarterback that could over, you know, could kind of overcome the fact that his receivers weren't really playing well that game because T. Higgins and Justin Ross were not playing well that game. And so, so the point is, if you have Trevor Lawrence, you can overcome that. Sure, but sure. both of so that was the, to me the difference in that game. Neither team had that receiver that just said, "Hey, hey, give me the ball," right? right. Um, but then when you got to the title game, LSU had that. They had that guy. They had a couple of those guys. And to me, that was the difference. And so 
do they need an alpha from a volume standpoint? No. From a somebody's got to step up in a clutch moment, yes, they need that. Who's that going to be? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah, that is a million-dollar question. You know, right. and, and I will say this. Number one, they don't need two alphas to step up a receiver because they've already got one at tight end. I was took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to – because you were talking about how if you have one, you really kind of need a second one, et cetera. And I was like, pretty sure there already is one at the tight end yeah. position. You know, and I, and, yeah. I, and I think that's legit. And that, that can – having that guy at tight end is so important because then that can open up stuff uh, on the outside with the wide receivers right. because they're going to have to, they're going to have to focus on 87 because he is a threat. And so that's only going to help the wide receivers. And, and he's established, even though he was only a freshman, he's established. People are going to know who he is. Oh yeah. I mean, his numbers as a true freshman were absurd. I mean, 42 yes. catches for 450 yards right. would be a pretty good year for a junior. Yeah, you right. know, and, and he and again, the thing about Michael Mayer, and we'll quickly move on, his game is still evolving. Absolutely. He's still got room to improve. Now, yes, here's here's how this impacts the receiving core. When you have players like Kyron Williams as a pass catcher and Michael Mayer, it takes some of that pressure off of your need to have, excuse me, have a Chase Claypool that's going to catch 80 balls or a Will sure. Fuller that's going to catch 80 balls or a Michael Floyd that's going to catch 110 balls. You don't need that as much. But, what right. you again, you still need somebody that if you're going to double-team Michael Mayer and take him out of the game, because here's the, here's the truth. In my opinion, it is easier to take a tight end like Michael Mayer out of the game than it is to take an outside receiver out of the game. Because he's so much closer, you can put more players on every side of him right. than you can. And and I don't think Michael Mayer is a Kyle Pitts type of tight end. I'm not saying he's better or worse. I'm just saying stylistically he's different. Kyle Pitts is 6'6 and really more of a receiver than a, than a tight end, if we're being honest about it. He's more Devin Funches than he is Michael Mayer. Sure. And so – you could put him out at X and do some things with him. That's Michael Mayer is more of a modern-day tight end where he can line up in the slot and go backside, but you're not going to put him outside as much as you did with Tyler Eifert back in 2011 and 2012. Different type of player. And so it's going to be easier for teams to say, we're going to take that guy out of the game. Do you have the weapons at receiver to, to hurt teams for doing that? Yes, but it's from a product, or from a, a potential standpoint. We use this phrase all the time, yeah, potential right. – First production. The potential's there. Now it's time for it to be production to where, hey, you want to take, you want to, you know, look, you want to double team Michael Mayer. You want to have your set, you want to play quarters and you want to have your safety stepping down playing Michael Mayer. Fine. I'm going to have Braden Lindsay and Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts running post routes over top of your safety all game long until you stop doing that. Yep. Or corner routes or whatever. We're going to do things. Well, we're going to send Michael Mayer on a corner route because we know your safety is going to be obsessive, and we're going to bring Kevin Austin on a backside sail route and replace that safety, and we're going to bang him the ball in space because we know he can outrun those linebackers, no safety on the other side of the field. So there's plenty of things you can do where, okay, we know that that linebacker is going to, is going to jam and run with Michael Mayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Kyron Williams do a quick delay, and he's just going to run an under route underneath it, and we're going to get him in space one-on-one, -on -one, hit him with a three-yard throw, and he's going to turn it into a 12-yard game because you're so obsessed with having to stop Michael right. Mayer. Right. And that's going to be the key. But at the end of the day, if we're talking about championships, somebody at receiver, hopefully to somebody, steps up to where – when Jack Cohn or Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine or Brendan Clark, whoever the quarterback is, is in that two-minute situation, they say, I know I can go to 87, but I also know I can go to number four mm -hmm. or number 15 or number 82 or number three or you, you, you know what I mean? And we need to see those guys step up.
And hopefully it's more than that, but that is where that alpha is needed, Vince. Let, let me get a – I want a quick follow-up question. If Notre Dame doesn't change anything offensively, does the current Notre Dame offense need an alpha wide receiver to be yes. successful? Yes, more so than, than otherwise, yeah, because you need yeah. that W to be a dude. Right. And, you know, I mean, look, Javon – I just pointed out Javon McKinley's production compared to Chris Olave's in 2019. right. right. And, you know, I mean, people complain about how it wasn't good enough. Right. You know? And and so, I mean, that's that kind of the frustrating thing. I mean, you know, Javon McKinley was was about where Justin Ross was from a, a per-game standpoint in 2019. When, you know, so, I mean, you could – T. Higgins was 77.8 yards per game in 2019. You know, Justin Ross was 61.8. Well, Javon McKinley was 59.8 in a ball-control offense. Right. You know, he, you know, Justin Ross averaged 13.1 yards per catch in 2019. Javon McKinley was 17.1. So, and still, still people complained about how he wasn't good enough. And, and it's true because the, the fact is, is that offense is dictates on you need great individual one on one players because they don't scheme their way into success in the pass game. They don't. Um, they should, but they don't. It's about, I got this really good player that has to win one on ones all the time because it's about separation and, and winning the one-on-ones and those kind of things because we're not scheming our way into separation. And that's the difference between Alabama schemes into separation and has great players. Notre Dame doesn't have – and look, none of the receivers that played last year were great players. Javon McKinley I thought was a very good player, much better than people realize. He's not Chase Claypool. Sure. He's not Will Fuller. And, and so he's more Miles Boykin than he is those two guys. But he's not that guy that's going to take over a game. And and dominate, you know, Alabama just by because he's just so good. He's just going to go beat Patrick Sertan all the all game. You have to scheme your way into success, and and they don't do that. So in in order to run what they run, you need Kevin Austin to be everything we think he can be. You sure. need Jordan Johnson to be everything. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed you think it could be because there's more pressure on the receivers to do that so yes i do think you need you need not want you need an alpha volume wise and big play wise to to run the off to execute the offense that notre dame had last year and still be good enough to go beat the best team like notre dame's offense last year could have played with alabama if they had chase claypool on one side and will fall on the other right schematically you can do that. But what are the odds that Notre Dame or anybody's going to have Chase Claypool and Will Fuller on? You right. know what I mean? Exactly. It's just it's just not happening. Hey, Brian, before we continue uh, and jump into these guys in particular, let, let's take a quick break uh, and hear from one of our sponsors. 
The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, let's jump into uh, the personnel. Let's start talking about some of these guys. Um, one of the main returners for this team, uh, Avery Davis. Big spring for him, I, I feel like. Um, he's kind of always flown under the radar a little bit. Even though he was a starter, I still feel and, – and he had big plays and big moments. I still feel like he kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think this is a big spring for what Avery Davis can do to see if he's going to – take a leadership role with Mm -hmm. this group of wide receivers because there's a lot of young guys out there that don't have the playing time that he does and I think he could be super important to this group absolutely and yeah the leadership part is important and that's that's a plus I mean Kevin Austin is is could be a potentially great player but he's never going to be like a captain or a leader he just you just need him to go do his job same with Braden Lindsay Avery Davis can be sort of that veteran presence that veteran voice and you know again he's a quarterback so he understands absolutely and he was a quarterback on a really good high school football team I mean leadership was one of the things that he brought to the table when they signed him so I think there's some natural leadership from him but I also think he's a little bit He's not a, an assertive guy, and I want to see him be more assertive this spring, and not gotcha. just with the receiving core, but offensively as a whole. Absolutely. You're a former quarterback, man. Yeah. You're a leader. We need you to be a voice here. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got, got Kyron Williams is that emotional leader, right? Because Kyron's just kind of that 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 energizer bunny. You know, he's sure. just always like fired up and ready to ball, and he's ready to run through a wall. And you know, he's just that guy you want on the front line of battle. I mean, that's just Kyron Williams. Avery Davis needs to be that general. You know, he needs to be that vocal leader, that 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 let's get everybody on the same page leader because he does sure. have that quarterback in him. And and I think that can be an advantage as the younger quarterbacks or Jack Cohn start to, you know, develop their voice in the sure. program. You can have Avery Davis be that guy. Uh, that's important. But also, I think Avery Davis should be a lot more productive. There was a stretch there from like Pitt to B.C., when he was more of a focal point of the offense, there was even a game where they were throwing him some RPOs and he was catching it behind the line and gaining 10, 12 yards easy. To me, there's no reason he can't have 50-plus catches this year and, sure. and be a be a more of a high-volume player. He needs to be – if they were to go to the RPOs, he'd be the number one beneficiary. You know, Do things with him where you're taking advantage of his athleticism. Is he an elite athlete, like a Will Fuller athlete? No. Is he a guy that can be a big play guy? Absolutely. We know the big plays he had in Clemson against Clemson sure. in the first game, but he was getting open in the second game too. I was the say, quarterback didn't get the ball. Yeah, you know, Ian threw that one drag route behind him, and people say he should have settled. You don't really settle when the quarterback's running. You have to stay going and stay in his line of sight. Ian was just late getting the ball, and there was a post route that was the exact same route he scored. He had that big play against Clemson I the first it. time where he was open by three, four yards. I mean, talk right. about separation. You're not going to get much more separation yeah. in the conference yeah. title game than what no. he was getting but they just didn't get the ball. This is a kid that can play. This is a kid that can do things after the catch, and you've got to be able to better utilize him. They were trying to make him be Chris Fink, which is route runner and all that, and that's fine, but that's not who he is. He can do that, but you also need to use him as a a, with the ball in his hands kind of guy. So I think Avery Davis is a guy that I'm looking at as maybe he's not that alpha 
that we talk about that that big play that big production guy. I don't think he's a seventy five catch guy. I don't think he's a thousand yard guy, and I also don't know if he'll be that when the game's on the line. Can you can can he go out and get open and make a play? Well, he maybe. did it once. I think you know in a pretty be, big. Though. I mean, he did it against yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'd like to see him get that shot to become that guy because I think he can be that guy. Because again, maybe it's just a bias I have towards quarterbacks, but I feel like a quarterback is going to know. Is he's used to the pressure? He's played in te- big time Texas football in the playoffs. He and he's played well. He knows about pressure and big moments, and we saw him do it against Clemson. So, I think if they build around Avery Davis the way that they should, he could be a big player. Because what was his best game last year, production wise? Clemson game. I say, I think that was the Clemson game. And, and we talk about that big play, but the play he made at the goal line was even better because yeah, he, you he know, it, was, it showed some savviness. Yeah, that's you exactly know? right. So I, I think Dave, Avery Davis is a guy that could be Notre Dame's Hunter Renfro with a little bit more dynamic after the catch athleticism. I mean, you know, that 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 money clutch player, but sure. also a guy that you need to figure out ways to get him the ball in space. And because he's a former quarterback, how about you have some fun with him? You, you know what I mean? Like have him be your your wildcat guy with Kyron Williams lead blocking because Kyron, when he's asked to lead block a few times last year, he did it with some attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's some things you could do there where you just come out in a series against, you know, Purdue yep. or Toledo and just run like power read and and quarterback outside zone for just the whole just go right down the field and score on Toledo with it, right? Because here's what you're gonna do. Now everybody you play is gonna have to think about are they gonna they do gotta have it in there. Yeah, right. Again, you have a quarterback, he's a quarterback, right? You recruited him, he's not a He's not a high school quarterback that you recruited to play another position. You, you recruited, recruited him, to, him to play quarterback yeah. at the University of Notre Dame. And so utilize that. Have some fun with that. And that's but that's all about if they do that, it's more about there there's a change in mentality at Notre Dame where they're actually going to build around what their guys can do. And that would be a great sign. So if we're seeing some of that this spring, you're hearing about that this spring, that would that would be the number one sign that things are changing because man, they're doing all these things to get Avery to ball and it's really good. And I like it. That's one of those things I'm looking to hear this spring. That's going to tell me that Notre Dame's making those changes. Brian, I want to ask you about uh, kind of a, a group that the kind of the outside group of receivers, you got Kevin Austin, uh, you've got Johnson, you've got Wilkins, uh, kind of that 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 outside. What is that? The W in this? Uh, yeah, W and X. I, I think the way yeah. to look at it Vince, is, you know, there's two types of receivers in this offense. There's the the bigger vertical players, and not right. bigger like six five, but you know, it's bigger vertical guys that are route runners. Are going to make plays before the catch, right? Getting open, stretching the field, and then sure. making plays on the ball. And then there's those guys that some of them can do that as well, but they're also those after the catch guys. Those work the zone, speed guys, catch a slant, turn right. it in. And that's really, to me, how I'd break down these two groups and how Notre Dame needs to utilize them. And this group that you're talking about, Vince, would be sort of that 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 outside, stretch the field, the alpha types that this we talked about. Al- yeah, I was going to say, this is where the alphas have come from, from Notre Dame. In right. Fact. Now, if if when I'm talking about alpha, these are the guys that I think could be the volume guys. If there's going to be a volume alpha, it's going to be Kevin Austin or Jordan Johnson, in my opinion. Sure. Kevin Austin, the big concern I have there, Vince, is health. Yeah. You know, he's broken his foot tw- at least twice. Yeah. I've heard year. it's actually a third time. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, you know, but again, who, who, I'm not sure if that's if that's the case. That's just something that I've had a couple people tell me, and that's a bad sign. 
especially for a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Now we'll see how his health is and and he's got to be out there because he needs the work. He needs the reps. He just, he's suspended for one year. He was on a scout team all year. Uh, You know, this past year he's he's injured. And as a freshman, he was kind of, you know, in and out of the rotation, not really a high volume guy played a little bit. He needs the work, and but because he's got the talent to be a, a difference maker. I mean, you say, well, you know, he he hasn't lo- caught a lot of passes. Okay, he's caught six balls in three years. Miles Boykin only caught like, I mean, before the LSU game, his third year, he'd only caught like twelve or thirteen. So I mean, you know, sure. there's a little. It's not like Will Fuller went from six catches as a freshman to seventy six as a sophomore. I mean, it's not. It's not unheard of to see guys at receiver make that jump you know but he needs to be out there to to prove it to get that relationships with the quarterbacks to get on the same page to get shake off all the rust that he had from just not playing football for really three years like as a full-time guy he needs to go out and prove that and if he can if he can be healthy if he can do that I mean he could have a big year and you're gonna play him at that W position and and I from what I'm hearing Vince He's actually Xavier Watts is actually working with Joe Wilkins and Austin, Kevin Austin in the boundary, hmm. and Jordan Johnson's getting action at the X. Interesting is what I'm hearing um, because th- there's ability to use those two Kevin Austin and Jordan Johnson together, and I think that's what Jordan Johnson actually when I when I was talking about him being recruited, that's where I think he's better suited because he's a route runner and he can do some. Yeah, he's not that big bodied six two two ten like Kevin Austin is. So I think the nice thing about that duo is you can use them together. You can play them with X and W, yeah. and you can still go big, bigger. Um, not big. It's not going to be like Boykin and Claypool. Well, I mean, right. yeah, but it's bigger. It's six not two, you know, six, yeah, six one and a half, six two guys each that can run routes, can make plays on the ball, can win one on one, and are still good enough athletes to do things after the catch. I mean, Kevin Austin's biggest play of his career was a little crossing route against Navy. We caught it like three to five yards downfield and increase the defense for a 30 plus yard gain. So, and that was early in the game when it was still, you know, a, a contested game before sure. Notre Dame started to roll. It wasn't like mop up, you know, late game action. So I think those two guys to me are, are so important to this. You need at least one of them to emerge, right? You need at least one of them. If both of them emerge in some way, that's how you get a truly, dynamic how do you guard this team because if you have those two guys as outside guys and then you're working in other players we're going to talk about in the rotation and you have Avery Davis and in the slot and you have Michael Mayer you have Kevin uh or excuse me Kyron Williams Chris Tyree out of the backfield now all of a sudden it's like okay well who do you take out of the game yeah right because it's like and the best teams I've ever been on that's how it was the best teams that we see in college football it's like okay you want to take Jamar Chase out of the game all right fine you're going to get crushed by Justin Jefferson. And if somehow you're good enough to be able to take both of those guys out of the game, Terrace Marshall's about to destroy you. Oh, and we've got Clyde Edwards Alaire coming out of the backfield. You know, we saw the same thing at Clemson. Okay, you want to take T. Higgins out? We got Justin Ross and Hunter Renfro. Oh, you want to take Justin Ross out too? Hunter Renfro is going to catch 12 balls, and Travis CTN is going to catch a screen for 50 yards. You know, I mean, that's just what the best teams do. So sure. the more playmakers you have, better off you the are, better yeah. you're going to be. Because no now doubt. it's like whoever you take out, we've got somebody for you that can take the game over. And those two guys to me are the two best every down guys that I think that they have right now in, in as far as pure outside vertical players. And since we're talking about the W before we move on to the next group, do you, do you think things have passed Joe Wilkins by, or do you think that he's no. still has an opportunity? No, he still has an opportunity. They okay. like Joe Wilkins and, and, 
And but Joe's a, a role player, and okay. you need to find a role for him. Joe sure. Wilkins is a good football player. He's going to play. He's just not a guy that to me has the ceiling of, you know, go out there and catch fifty okay. balls. He's a he's he's going to block. He can get open. He can catch the ball. He's got to prove to have a little bit more reliable hands, in my opinion. Consistency. Yeah, but I, I mean, Joe can play. I mean, there's not a receiver on this roster. Literally, not one coming back on this roster on scholarship that I if if say if that guy earned the job again. Not because he's a veteran, but he earned the job. Right. I say, okay, he'll be, he'll be fine. He can play. That guy can ball. If Joe Wilkins goes out and beats out Kevin Austin and Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watson starts with a W, cool. Let's roll because he's a good football player. Right. And that's the thing I love about this group is there's nobody I'm like if that guy starts like I don't I don't know what that you know <laughs> there's nobody like that. It's just right. as long as you're actually starting who earned it, not who's the veteran or who knows the playbook the best or whatever else. If if you're starting the best player. Yeah, Joe can play. Joe Joe will get that shot. He can play. And if he's not a starter, he's a guy that you can put in because he can really play all three receiver spots in some capacity. And, and I like that versatility there. So let, let's talk about that other group, uh, Brian, the, the kind of uh, the stretch the field kind of guys, the the plays after the catch guys, Braden Lindsey, Lawrence Keys, Xavier Watts, um, Styles. Th- those are the guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands after they catch it. So – what do you see from this group? Because I think this is the group where if we can see an uptick in production from this group, that means that things have changed philosophically for Notre Dame. That That's just how yeah, I about Yeah, it. I, I think so. I mean, as long as it's – here's the deal. Because right now, Notre Dame's offense is predicated on guys that, that do damage before the catch. And here's what I mean by that. When I say do damage before the catch, like to me, Devontae Smith was the epitome of being able to do both. But what made him different and made him more impactful than a lot of other receivers is he can do so much damage before the catch. That means as a route runner, working himself open, getting in position to actually make a catch. And then, you know, Miles Boykin was a great before the catch guy. Miles wasn't a guy who's going to do a lot after the catch, but boy, he was difficult before the catch because even when you had him covered he was so big and tall so he would do damage before the catch and at the point of the catch and then not a lot after that these are the guys that can do that is with their athleticism can eventually be good route runners and those kind of things but their their value comes from this is a guy that can take a screen can take a hitch can take a slant can take a cross to the house Mm -hmm. and and that's what you need now and they do it to different degrees like lawrence key's is more of a traditional slot in that I think Lawrence is even better before the catch because he's got really good route running ability. But Avery Davis, Lorenzo Styles, Xavier Watts, those are guys that to me are you have to get them the ball and you have to try to scheme them to get the ball in space with screens, with quick game with play action, with crossers, you know, design meshes where you're trying to occupy the defense and free those guys up. Because if you can get those guys the football at three to five yards, they're the kind of talent that can take that to the next step. So, you know, we'll get into individual breakdowns of these guys, you know, as we get done with the spring and move into spring. But the reason we're grouping them together is because you don't necessarily need all those guys to be dynamic. If you, if you have Avery Davis playing just the way he did last year without improvement. He's going to be a part of it. He's a good football player. But then if you can bring these guys along, right, they can add value to, to as well, and especially the two younger guys. And Lawrence Keyes is, again, really good football player. But but with Styles and Watts, and Watts and Styles, whichever way you want to do it, they can also play outside. Sure, They're not slot players per se. Watts, they're working into the boundary. Well, why are they working in the boundary? Because he's a really dynamic 
player of the ball. He, even though he's only six foot tall, he's really good at making plays on the ball, but he's also can do things after the catch. He's played slot in his career. He's played X in his career. And so there's that value. Lorenzo Stouts could certainly play the slot, but he could also play X in sort of a TJ Jones, Will Fuller type of role. I'm not saying he's as explosive as Will Fuller. He's kind of between the two of them. So that to me is is really where that position group with you if you, if you have Avery Davis, right? One of the big boys steps up, Austin or 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 Johnson, and then at least one of these guys step up, then you have something different. And then Braden Lindsay's kind of in a in a in a role all by himself, sure, you know, yeah, because he's right. not necessarily a, a 40, a 50, 60 play guy, but he's just so dynamic. We saw it in 2019. He can right. stretch the field vertically on go routes and post routes, which he did against New Mexico and all that. And he did against Navy. And then he's also a guy that caught a reverse or, you know, took a reverse for 50 yard touchdown against USC, took a jet sweep 60 yards against BC for a touchdown. So he's that dynamic player that's more of a low volume, high impact player. Exactly. Lorenzo Styles and Xavier Watts are, are a little bit of both. Okay. They can do both. And that's why I kind of put them in different categories, but I like that uniqueness. Mm -hmm. So you've got to find ways to get Braden Lindsay the football. Even if it's only 20 snaps a game, he's got to have five touches. Assuming he can stay healthy. Right. And you that's need to figure out ways to get Xavier Watts involved. You got to figure out ways to get Lorenzo Styles involved. Some of these guys in the spring have got to get every opportunity. You've got to give them volume reps. And then hopefully one or two of them can step up produce and take their game to the next level because there's just too much talent for this group not to be productive and impactful and it's up to the coaches to figure out how to take right. that talent and mold the offense around them that's the key because these are guys that don't fit the notre dame offense traditionally exactly and they're going to be wasted if you don't find ways to, to to change your offense and mold it around them they will be the guys that suffer most this group will be the guys that suffer most if Notre Dame's not willing to change their offense. But if they do, and I'm optimistic, they're going to make some alterations. This is the group that will have the benefit because this is where your big plays are going to come from, this group right here. These are your home run hitters. I feel like the whole offense is going to suffer if they don't make the changes. But that's yeah, but you're right. Specifically, this group is what is going to suffer or that is going to benefit. Right. I mean, it's, it's right here, microcosm yeah. style right here. <clears throat> So one of the things that we like to do, Brian, is we like to ask our three questions about uh, each uh, position group as we preview them going into the spring. And, and the, these three are apropos to this group, that is for sure. Number one is going to be health. And I think that that has more to do with uh, Austin and Lindsay than anybody else. I mean, yeah, all of them got to stay healthy. But yeah, healthy. those two especially have had the biggest Just problems. Because they have the healthy. history. They have and the Lawrence Keyes had that last year. That's you true. Know, the, the, the point being, we can bang on them for what they did at receiver last year, but part of that was out of their control. I mean, Kevin Austin, Brian, and Lindsay weren't healthy. That, that They would have used those guys if they were healthy. Yes. And so, yes, the health is a big question mark this spring. And, you know, who's going to step up? That's question number two, because there is there are openings, right? I mean, there there's starting positions that are open. <clears throat> we're hoping that the depth chart is a little bit more full as far as who's getting playing time. So who's going to step up, be part of that too deep? and be a part of what is happening on game day. And then finally, three, the youth movement. The young guys. That Will we, we see it? We've been clamoring for. And I think 
those guys will step up if given the opportunity. I feel like the youth movement question is more towards the coaching staff mm -hmm. than it is towards the actual players yeah. themselves. Of course, they still have to do it. Yeah, questions one and two were geared towards the player. Yes. Question three is geared towards the coaching staff. Absolutely. Are they yeah. going to allow the youth movement to happen? Which then also impacts the veterans because they know, hey, I got to bring it. Yeah. Lorenzo Styles is pushing me. I got to bring it. You know, Joe, Jordan Johnson, yep. Xavier Watts, they're pushing me. I got to bring it. So I think it makes the whole group better. Yeah. And of course, we also believe that that's where your most dynamic talents are in your freshman and sophomore classes. Absolutely. I see it every day. Young guys push old guys, and it, it, it works. It works. All right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. As always, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that notification button. And, of course, hit that subscribe button if you're listening to us wherever you get your podcast. And please don't forget irishbreakdown.com. All kinds of good stuff on there. There's been – there's been a, a commitment, right, Brian? And yeah. uh, you went live and had all kinds of stuff on yep. the irishbreakdown.com. I have my dream class. My dream class of defensive recruits is on the front page right now Brian as well. That's good stuff. I am. And it's, right. it's, it's, it's actually attainable this yeah. year. I love so it. check it out. I love it. I love it. So for Brian, I'm Vince. Uh, we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.